The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Acunet Mortgage, an equal housing lender at MLS ID 255368, and Acunet Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from but still affiliated with Acunet Mortgage. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Well, a very pleasant Sunday morning, everyone. I'm Mark Segrist. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, along with Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors, owner Brian Wickert, and Chief Millennial Loan Consultant David Wickert. Now, as always, if you have a question or a comment, give us a call or just text us on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The number is 414-799-1620. Gentlemen, good morning. Great to be with you again. Thank you. Well, uh, speaking of comments, uh, my brother, David's uncle, Uncle David. David uh, Vaughn. David Vaughn uh, listens to the show all the way up there in Green Bay. And so I was texting him about the Packer game last week, and he goes, man, I was listening to the show, and that's information you were trying to do about buyer's agency and everything. It was really confusing. And I said, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'll take another stab at it. So here you go, Brother David. We are taking another stab at explaining buyer's agency. And I have a really detailed analogy all written out. And David took a look at it this morning and said, you're not saying that on the radio. Too much in the weeds. Well, we just had this debate even before we came on air that there's um, the absolute nth of understanding whose loyalty belongs to who and when. And then I guess it and what buyers are willing to do about it or understand about loyalty, especially when it comes to buying a house. So, so you know, you were just talking about our MVP player, <laughs> Christian Yelich. So yeah. if he's going to go negotiate his contract with uh, who's David our, Stearns. David Stearns. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. That, that uh, Christian is going to have someone sitting on his side of the table. Because right. the example is... Um, he for sure could just show up at Miller Park and sit down and say, David, what do you got for me? And not have anybody, you know, on his side and hope that the Brewers offer him a, a nice deal because, man, he's the MVP and that's great. Yeah. Which is what happens when you, if you walk into a home on a Sunday like today and you don't have anybody with you, you're just walking in and you're hoping that the Brewers are going to give you a nice contract on this new house that you're Brewers being the seller in the listing agent. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but you, the, it is wise to have someone on your team. That's right. Sitting so that's on called, your side of the table. That's called buyer's agency. Yeah. Is the term of art. They in call Wisconsin. them agents in sports. Well, Come what on. do you know? Yeah, yeah, I got the same that. word there. Yeah. Uh, but the complicating thing in real estate is that there are three entities, I'm going to say, that could have your back or might not. And those three entities are the individual human agent. Yeah. Now, a lot of agents these days are part of teams. Sure. Okay. Oh, there's a team of agents mm -hmm. within the firm or the brokerage company. So at all three levels, agent, team, and company, in a perfect world, you would like to have all three of those people on your side of the table. Which means that they're negotiating for you to get the best price and best terms. terms. That's right. And they also have a uh, duty to give you advice if you ask for it. Yeah. All right. Where, you know, you, you say, hey, what do you think I should offer for this home? Mm -hmm. If they're all three working for you, mm -hmm. then they should be telling you, well, let's look at these comps. And, you know, I think you should offer between this and that. They have a duty to give you their advice. Yeah. Whereas if they're conflicted, 
then they can't. Okay. And so, you know, what happens when um, you have a buyer's agency agreement? And I think everybody should have a written buyer's agency agreement. Mm -hmm. And it's a form. I believe it's the WB36 form. Mm where you sign up and you say, hey, I want to work with you, Mr. Buyer's Agent, and I promise as a buyer to work with you in this search, and you can say the geography that this uh, agreement covers, and you can say the price range. And and the reason why buyer's agents want that is if you uh, find a property on your own, let's Mm -hmm. say a for sale by owner property, sure, they don't want to get aced out because maybe they've been working with you for two months you know, taking you to all these different homes and all that stuff. And all of a sudden you come up with this house and they get nothing. So that's why buyers agents like to have buyers agency agreements. Plus it spells out all the duties and loyalties. So let's spot check ourselves. Mark, are, are you still with us? So Absolutely. Far? Be, represent Uncle David. Okay. Okay, Uncle David. So you'd like to have all three. So you can come into situations where, and, and, and the uninitiated, I would say the first-time home buyer is the most vulnerable. Why? Because they didn't go to mortgage class in high school or college? Or real estate, that's right. Yeah. Or real estate school. How, why would you know? Why would you know? I think, you know, second-time repeat buyers have some, you know, they've lived through it once. Sure. Uh, but first-time home buyers are the most vulnerable in understanding who is and who is not on my side of the table. And so we are involved in a transaction uh, this week where a first-time homebuyer went and saw the home unrepresented with the listing agent. What do you call it? Oh, they went shopping for puppies. They went shopping for puppies. They wrote an offer. Oh, well, in this particular case, then the agent uh, who wrote the offer was a member of the team of real estate agents Mm. who was representing the seller, okay? So on the first level, they each had their own person. Sort of. But on the second level, they were from the same team. They were from the same team and, Mm. of course, then the same firm. It's like if you represented the buyer and I represented the seller, but we're on the Wickert team. Correct. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that works for Acunet. Yeah. That wouldn't be... The most there, independent there, yeah, there of is advice. conflict. And, and so in that particular case, we noticed they did not write with an appraisal contingency, even though they were bidding uh, at a price over the asking price. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wasn't there for the conversation, but, you know, I'm going to guess that the uh, individual agent who was supposed to be, you know, according to the contract at the top, it says the licensee drafting this offer is an agent of the buyer. You know, did they coach the buyer to say well did they fulfill that term yeah did they fulfill that by allowing him to write the offer without an appraisal contingency so uh when we come back we're going to talk about this a little bit more another story another story yeah yep about uh buyers and buyer agency when we come back okay and you're listening to the acunet mortgage and realty show on wtmj Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the Accurat Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. So, question is, are we in for a long period of gridlock in Washington, or could Congress surprise us? U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy joining John McHugh at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Once again, back to Brian and David. Got a text from my brother talking about the buyer's agency and agency says nice comparing to sports much easier to understand we are all listening at deer camp breakfast break no deer sorry about (laughs) the no deer but i'm glad glad we're connecting on the who's representing who so um we've got some buyers and connected them with a 
Because <laughs> we're not I mean, just making this up. This, yeah, they have things happen. Right. right. <laughs> uh, connected them with a buyer's agent. They have a buyer's agency agreement. And lo and behold, they come across a for sale by owner. And I mentioned this in the first segment property. And so what I want to have any buyers uh, speak with their buyer's agents about beforehand is what's going to happen if we come across a unrepresented buyer, a for sale by owner. Hmm. And the two general choices are um, the real estate agent can do a single party listing uh, where they make the seller a client. And what's the problem or the drawback of that, David? Well, it's representation. Whose whose team are they on? That's right. So now all of a sudden you are in the situation where that agent or the team or the firm or all three are now all of a sudden representing the seller as well as trying to represent you. Mm. And the other way to do it is to have the buyer and the buyer's agent help you draft the contract that leaves the seller unrepresented which they were apparently willing to do apparently willing to do anyway from the beginning and then uh, they simply write in there that the seller agrees to compensate the buyer's agent for bringing at, the buyer yeah, at x percent hmm. my preference would definitely be the second now maybe i don't understand everything but um i would think the, you'd, you'd want to um, keep that buyer's agent on your team well, yeah. Right. So the point you hired any... you hired them exactly. You want them to so I don't want them to switch over to the brewer's side and negotiate the contract without you. The takeaway I think for buyers who are out there shopping is have that frank conversation in advance of two things. What exactly is going to happen if I end up loving a house that you, Mister Human Agent, have the listing on? Well, I can mm -hmm. tell you what's going to happen there, but have the conversation. Mm -hmm. They're not going to represent you anymore. They're going to hang with the seller. But then you want to know as a buyer, who am I going to get as a substitute agent? Am I going to get, you know, the new guy? Or am I going to get, you know, make me feel comfortable at who my substitute agent is going to be if this comes up. And then also, hey, if I find it for sale by owner, how are you going to handle that and understand, you know, the details in advance? Now, what are the chances of people actually doing that? Mm, only if they're a wicker child, basically. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's that story. Well, but to your to your point on um, human nature, I'll use our example that we always talk about with condos: is that people assume that everything is fine. And, and same thing with septic systems. And septic I'm going to buy a home with a septic system and a well. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, and it's and it's when you're talking about who's on my team, you know, people don't like conflict outright, and so I think sometimes asking that question can feel uncomfortable, but we're yeah. talking about several hundred thousands of dollars, perhaps. Yeah. So it's worth asking the uncomfortable question to at least understand who's on my team and when. Yeah, I think I got to write a blog post on this so that people can reference it. Because I think the simple thing is, hey, you know, you're out there shopping. A, don't be like that first time buyer that we just talked about who um, blithely uh, goes in and, and starts talking with the listing agent because now for sure you don't have any representation. Right. By the way, the follow-up on that one in detail is the parents got involved later in the situation. There was some discomfort about the negotiation and kind of this realization that, hmm, do we really have somebody who's on looking our out team. for our best interest? So we brought in an attorney. I connected him with a real oh. estate attorney, and he helped uh, in that next uh, bit of negotiation on the amendment. So 
that's that story. All right, when we come back, David, let's talk about the first-time buyers who I got the email from last week. We got a lot of week. those, apparently. Yeah, which it's we good. love working with first-time buyers, uh, who I got the email from last week that said, we're going to go and just look sure. at some houses. We're going to buy in the early spring or whatever. We're just going to go take a peek at what we can mm. possibly afford. You've already got us pre-approved, Brian. We're going to give you the very interesting and instructive details on that story when we come back. And you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, from Ron Kramer to Paul Kaufman to Bubba Franks, who are the best tight ends in Packers history? Make your vote at tight end for our Green Bay 100 all-time 53-man roster. Get the ballot by texting the number 100 to 414-799-1620. All right, uh, guys, we're talking about first-time home buying at this point now, right? Yes, yes, we are. So, you know, it's always a privilege when customers of ours, and, you know, we're in our 20th year, and so we have customers who now have adult children. And this is a story about a past customer, multi-time past customer, who, uh, having great experiences with Acuna over the years, now entrusted us with their daughter and son-in-law to help them uh finance the purchase of their first home and so they happen to have a lease i think that goes through the first part of next year Hmm. but they kind of wanted to you know get started and so we did a rock solid pre-approval for them back i think it was in late august uh because they just want to know if you don't know what people's credit score and income and down payment picture is well how do you even start dreaming right yeah a lot of people worry about oh well then you're gonna have to check my credit again yeah we are, but that's maybe only going to inflict a three or five point hickey on your, on your uh, FICO score. Yeah. So, um, okay, so I was checking up with them. Hey, how's it going? Do you want to have a conference call? Let's, you know, talk with your buyer's agent. Do you have a buyer's agent? And turns out they do, which is good, related to our other uh, conversation about agency and representation. Yeah. And so they say, hey, we're just going to go out and look at some homes, which I call puppies. Uh, even though we're probably not going to buy till early in 2019. We're just going to go look at puppies. We're just going to go look at puppies. Yeah. And every time somebody that I know has gone to look at a puppy, they want to have one. It's true. Come home. And so that's what happened in this case. And understandably, because they, so I got a call on Monday that said, hey, guess what? We fell in love with a puppy <laughs> and we're going to write an offer. I think they said tomorrow. And I, I think the house was listed around like 235. And because they have this lease that goes you know, several months into next year, their idea was, hey, we're going to write an offer that says we're going to close within 90 days. Okay. And I think maybe we're going to write the offer, you know, lower than the price. I think it was like 230. Which was uh, below the listing price. Below the listing price, right? The 235, Mm. let's call it. Yeah. Um, 0 for 2. That's right. Uh, With 3% down. 0 for 3. Yeah. And so first thing, they didn't realize that you put in a specific date mm-hmm. on the Wisconsin offer to purchase form. You don't say, I'm going to close the 90 days. There are some other things that are expressed in number of days, like how fast am I going to get my appraisal and my financing and how fast I'm going to do my inspection. Those are called contingencies. But in terms of the closing date, you actually write in a date. Yeah. And so via email. And don't I, forget, a human is looking at that date. A human is looking at that date. So I, I said, you know, 90 days is like February 11th from whatever day we were talking. Ugh. That is going to look like forever right. in the eyes of that seller. Right. 
And so um, I, I said, let me do some math and I'll get back to you. So I did some math and I said, okay, the difference between closing on February 11th and, and January 31st, which sounds January so much sounds so much better, yeah. that's going to cost you $589 of extra prorated principal interest taxes and insurance on the house. Okay. okay. Secondly, the difference between making a full price offer and $5,000 lower is $29 a month. So I said, as I kind of look at this, if I, and I'm put, trying to put myself in the seller's shoes, yeah, maybe if you wrote a really nice love letter about how much you love the house and da 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 da, I, oh, and then the other thing I said is, but also we could do a really fast financing contingency, um, twenty one days or an appraisal contingency of twenty one days, you know, because we can get that done. And then you're just sitting around for well, 40 then you're sitting days? around, but then um, uh, the. The thing that can happen is, what if between the time we give the commitment letter, let's say we did an aggressive commitment letter, and you're not closing till January 31st, if you lose your job or become disabled, yeah, and don't have the income that you need to qualify, you can no longer get out of the deal because once you give the commitment commitment letter to the committed. seller, you are committed relative to the financing, and you cannot then say, I mean, you can. And nice people would let you out if you said, well, gee, I'm disabled now or I lost my job. Yeah. But they don't have to. Right. The seller can then either keep your earnest money. You can negotiate that. Then, yeah, or, yeah. And, but they can also sue you for damages. You know, if they end up selling the house for less than what you offered, uh, if you break the contract, you can be in trouble. So they're thinking about it, uh, what they're going to do. Don't know yet. And uh, but it's all about quantifying. Did I mention we're pretty good at the details mm -hmm. and helping people understand? Because right there, thinking, oh, I can't pay them full price. Well, you're probably not going to get the house then, right? Given the other bad thing about your offer, the delay. Yeah. So how can we minimize the bad parts and accentuate the positives while helping you understand the <laughs> risks? There you go. All right. When we come back, let's do a rate roundup. And I also heard an ad about Quicken Loans Rate Shield right up before the show started, about 20 minutes. We're going to talk about that and give you a rate roundup when we come back. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Okay, Brian and David, learning great stuff today on the show. Now we're talking about uh, rate roundup time, am I correct? Yes, we are, thanks to some softness in the global economic picture. Uh, Germany's economy actually shrank in oh, the third quarter, that. yep, and so did Japan's. I think Germany's economy shrank by 0.8%, and Japan's economy shrank by 1.2%. Isn't the definition of a recession two quarters in a row? I believe it is. <clears throat> and so, oh, we don't think that's going to happen. But, hmm. you know, Japan is like the fourth, third, third or fourth largest country in economic terms, and Germany is like number five. So, I mean, it's kind of a big it's deal. So big. Um, yeah, so, so a little bit of, hmm... You know, can America keep firing on all cylinders if some of the folks overseas? Japan is three, Germany is four. Oh, there you go. So it's uh, America, China, mm -hmm. Japan. Mm -hmm. Okay, then yeah. So there you have it. Germany, I, and then the United Kingdom because there were worries about Brexit this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Brexit could be falling apart, so that could be another problem. So all those things have conspired to uh, spook the stock market and make interest rates go a little lower. David, where are we? Uh, at the close of business on Friday, uh, we could uh, deliver 4.875% with just $1,400 in cost. The APR is 4.91. 
If you would prefer that Acunet pick up some of that cost, 4.99%. APR is 502 and that's just with $595 of cost. No wow. paper shuffling fee, just the raw materials to construct you a mortgage. The appraisal, title, credit, and the closing agent, the person who helps you sign your name at closing. There you go. Now, uh, I heard that Rate Shield commercial uh, from Quicken Loans. Rate Shield is a registered service mark, and Quicken Loans is a trademark of Intuit. Uh, Used under license with Rock Holdings. There. Thank you. Thank you very much, David. And we are not affiliated with them. But here's the deal. You'll remember, Mark, that I legitimately applied to be pre-approved to buy a second home in Scottsdale, Arizona. And since Acunet's not licensed, well, I thought I'd give it a try because I wanted to know more about that fabulous-sounding rate shield program, which uh, purport, and it's true, they will lock in a rate for you for 90 days. Mm. Uh, And then you get the better of that above-market rate that they're locking in for you. Oh, because you just said it was... uh, Hey, while I'm t- telling the story, what would it be for a 90-day lock, David? Just spin that up. Because right. um, So I did this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and so the rate that I locked in dur- for my home shopping was five and a quarter. And I can tell you that um, the, while that did not include any points, well, first of all, they did try to charge me $500 in points after the person in my chat session said there were no points. And so I did get them to acquiesce to that. But then there are... $1,150 of fees that go into Quicken's pocket, an $800 processing fee and a $350 underwriting fee. What are our underwriting processing fees, David, at Acuna? Zero. Oh, zero. And, uh, and then, you know, they'll let you get the better of the above market crummy rate that you locked in for 90 days or the then current rate. And when I called them <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, they were the same. David, what would our rate be for a 90-day lock? At 4.99%, yeah. APR is 503 It would cost $1,600. $1,600 yeah. in total cost. And yeah. that, but see, the, the, the 1150 that I'm talking about? It would be on top of that. Yeah, right, because there were the Arizona fees, whatever they it's the be. It's their uh, college football advertising fee. Mm-hmm. So the, oh, wait, and I left out the most important part. They require a $500 mandatory deposit mm. in order to lock in that above market rate for 90 days. 500 It's refundable. Sure. If you cancel the transaction, I'm going to test that out because I'm really not going to finance with them. But don't tell them. Uh, or I'm, I probably won't. I probably also won't buy a home in Scottsdale. Ah, shoot. <laughs> but, you know, now that we have a loaded uh, weapon to go house hunt shopping. Oh, don't in tell mom. Scottsdale, yeah, we might end up with a puppy. remind me not to go puppy shopping down there hey one other rate if you put three percent down um and your household income qualifying income is not more than seventy three thousand three hundred dollars not just okay keep going yeah well whoever's on the loan yeah for qualifying yeah yeah yeah. uh the rate for that that's called the fannie mae home ready program 30-year fixed rate 4.875 with an annual percentage rate of 5.22 because of the private mortgage insurance, that's with 3% down, 740 FICO score. And uh, no points, no underwriting fee, no loan processing fee, yeah. total loan costs, including appraisal, uh, 563 bucks. 
It's pretty, so that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. All right. When we come back, let's tell the story of our second time home buyers mm. who wrote their offer contingent oh, yeah. on the sale of the home and the clever thing that we're doing to protect them so that they can close on time with or without the sale of their home. We'll tell you that story when we come back. All right. And you're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Well, he's been a fixture in Milwaukee broadcasting for decades now. So what's left for Steve the Homer True to accomplish in his career? He sits down with WTMJ's Doug Russell to discuss that and much more. Hear it all today at 11 o'clock on WTMJ Conversations. Once again, here's Brian and David. All right, so we've been working with uh, this particular couple for a year and a half. A year and a half to help them find a new home. And I remember when they first started out, either they couldn't afford, I don't think they could afford to buy unless they sold. And then I think there's some job changes happened, income went up, savings went up. And so now we were able to give them a pre approval letter, a rock solid pre approval letter for this last hunting season for homes that did not require the sale of their existing home. Correct, David? Correct. And so they got themselves an offer accepted on a very nice home. And at the top of the page that says, is this offer contingent on the sale of the home? They, they properly checked, no, it is not. And they had a rock solid pre-approval that matched that. So this gives the seller a lot of confidence you know, that, uh, hey, this is all matches up here. All right, so now take it from here, David, what happened? that they were able to successfully list what is going to be their old home and get someone to purchase that home who in fact is going to be buying their old home on the same day that they're going to be purchasing their next new home aha and so we were working on delivering loan commitment this week to say hey we're all lined up to ready to give you a mortgage and with how much how much down well their ultimate desired game plan is 20 percent down aha. using all or nearly all of the proceeds from the sale of their home got it but i picked up the phone and i called you and i said dad we can't it struck me we can't list the proceeds from the sale of their home on their loan commitment as a condition would, as a condition because that would be in violation of how they wrote their offer because on addendum a addendum a of the wisconsin offer to purchase line 13 item c a loan commitment is defined as a commitment from a financial institution authorized to do business in the state of Wisconsin, blah, 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 which does not include a condition requiring the sale of other property unless the offer is contingent on the closing of other property. So had we delivered a loan commitment that said this is subject to the sale of your home, netting at least $80,000, that would not have satisfied their financing contingency. Correct. That would have shifted power over to the seller and the seller could have canceled the transaction correct because the commitment letter did not match the offer so what did we do instead so so we realigned what i'm going to call the sequence of of next steps we delivered to them a loan commitment letter at with a five percent down payment huh. not contingent on the sale. sale of their home okay so that fulfills the needs of their the way their offer is written Correct. and also does what protects them in the unlikely but possible event that, that what if the person who's buying their home 
loses their job the Friday before they're supposed to buy the house on that Monday. Right, or it becomes disabled. This is my favorite, instead of killing people in front of buses, gets disabled while deer hunting, Yeah. right? Shoots themselves in the proverbial foot. foot. Now can't work, and at their disability income doesn't qualify for their mortgage anymore. It doesn't matter that you could sue them, perhaps, if they've already given you the financing commitment on the sale of your home. They ain't closing. Right. And now all of a sudden, you're sitting there, you know, had we not made this very important adjustment, we'd have been sitting there with 20% down and unable to close if this happened, you know, the day or two before closing, because why? Because according to TRID from October of 2015, if you change the game plan on your mortgage from putting 20% down to putting less down, let's say 5%, you got to wait three days. Because your annual percentage rate would have gone up by more than one-eighth of 1% due to the fact that at 5% down, you're either going to have a higher rate or you're going to be paying monthly private mortgage insurance, which is impacted in the annual percentage rate. Mm -hmm. TRID, by the way, stands for the Truth in Lending Act, Real Estate Settlement Procedures Act, Improvement, whatever the D is for. It's a new regulation that puts waiting periods into place. So if if you've got an APR of, you know, 4.875, and now because you're switching at the last minute, oh, we're not going to have the proceeds. And now it's going to be 5.1 because of the addition of the mortgage insurance. Because now instead of 20% down, we're doing 5% down. Holy cow, we cannot close unless the borrower has three days to reconsider that. So by giving the borrower all the disclosures at 5% down and the higher annual percentage rate, we can actually switch on the day of closing. Once we know their house is actually sold, mm-hmm. increase their down payment, lower their APR because the regulation now clarifies that if your annual percentage rate goes down, you don't have to wait. It's only if it goes up. Sounds like those details matter. Boy, do they ever. All right. When we come back, I'm going to tell you how everybody listening that pays federal income tax <laughs> just made an extra $55. Woo in the quarter ending September 30th. I'll tell you how you did that when we come back. All right, very nice. This is the Accunate Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Expert advice on buying a home. Here's more of the Accunate Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, Brian and David, back to you gentlemen. Okay, so, you know, eight years ago, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, almost went under taking the entire global financial system down with them. And Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are the two government-sponsored enterprises headquartered in the Washington, D.C. area. We're now going to be apparently competing for employees with Amazon. And uh, and so they make 30-year fixed rates, imp- make them possible uh, in America. They are the reason why we enjoy that unusual form of financing. So anyway... Um, we took them over. We bailed them out. That was 10 years ago, by the way. 2000? September oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's okay. 10 years ago. Thank you. Thank you very much. Anyway, so uh, somewhere along the way, I think it was in 2012, the government decided, we're just going to take all your money from here on out. Any profits you make are coming to the United States Treasury. So that both just announced in the last couple of weeks, uh, Fannie Mae earned $4 billion, with a B, dollars of profit mm-hmm. in the three months ending September 30th. Freddie Mac made $2.7 billion. That is $6.7 billion of profit 
that they are going to send into the United States Treasury by the end of the year. Woo. And I Googled, how many U.S. taxpayers are there? And let's just say that the number I came up with on that Google search is correct, 122 million. If you divide 6.7 billion by the 122 million taxpayers, we each made 55 bucks. There you go. Because we are the de facto owners yeah. of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Now, remember, in January, there's going to be a changing of the guard at the Federal Housing Finance Agency. Mel Watt is out. And so that's the regulator of Fannie and Freddie. The regulator. And so the new director, who is yet to be named, has broad powers and could do some things to shrink the um, level of participation, shrink the footprint mm. of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So we hope that doesn't happen because that would make mortgage money less available. Oh, one other fun fact. Back in 2011, when we were coming out of the big financial crisis, mm -hmm. Congress decided to put in place a temporary... Uh, income tax relief thing and to pay for it this is where they cut everybody's social security and medicare contribution by a little bit and so they said oh in order to pay for that we're going to make fannie mae and freddie mac and fha charge 0.1 percent more on every mortgage that they do mm. every year for the next 10 years so uh fannie May, I didn't look up the number for Freddie Mac, but I'm going to guess at what it is. Fannie Mae in that uh, three-month period collected $576 million hmm. in that temporary, hmm. I'm using the air quotes. Still temporary. Still temporary. Only two years to go. Oh, uh, yeah. And then that should reduce rates by 0.1, because that 0.1% that they're collecting is a direct add-on to interest rates. Mm -hmm. All right? So instead of 4.875, we'd be at 4.75 Yeah. if we weren't shipping all that money off. All right. A uh, couple of other updates. I, I reran the October home sale numbers for the five county Milwaukee area. And sure enough, 10 more home sales were reported. Mm. So now uh, home sales only dipped 7.9% in October. But remember, when you compare that to October of 2016, it's the same. We're like literally within six home sales. Uh, so that's, you know, we'll see what November uh, brings. I say on a day like today, when you know home sales are down and sellers are more motivated it is still a good time to go out and shop and then lastly i got a very nice uh, email from a customer dear mr wickard i love it when people call me by my father's name mm. i recently completed another refinance with acunet i believe this is the third maybe fourth refinance i've done with your company and could not be more pleased you have the entire process down to a science uh, Shannon Lennox kept everything moving at record pace. He's one of our loan managers. Very thorough, thorough, kept me up to date, timelines and requirements. I also want to tell you how grateful I am to Aaron Archer, one of our senior loan consultants. Since my last refinance in 2013, my situation has changed dramatically. And unfortunately, when I told Aaron that my primary income was from Social Security, he told me he didn't think I'd be eligible hmm. to refinance because of the reduced income. I was disappointed because, frankly, I was running out of options. But truthfully, I think Aaron sounded just as disappointed. End of the story, not so fast. About 30 minutes later, Aaron called me back and said he figured out a way to get my loan approved. And did you have anything to do with that, David? Maybe. Maybe. What did you do? Uh, if you don't pay taxes on your Social Security, we can gross that up to help you qualify. By? 25%. Aha. And so with that grossed up Social Security income, voila, we were able to get her approved and she closed. Uh, back in mid-October. It is difficult to express how grateful I am to Aaron for being so conscientious. And boy, wouldn't that be great? It, you, all you got to do 
to get that kind of customer service, whether you're refinancing or looking to get rock solid pre-approved in order to become a homeowner, maybe even yet this year, we could still squeeze somebody in by the end of the year. For sure. If you're motivated, I'm looking for those motivated home buyers. We would love to help you. Put us on your team and you will be glad you did. All you got to do to get started is click on the blue button at accunet.com. See you again next week, Mark. All right. We'll see you next week as well. Happy holiday to you both. WTMJ News time is uh, 1059. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.